0: Good morning. morning. Um, Man, I'm really excited about this uh, series, Whisper. Uh, You know, this year at Destiny Church, our goal is to take you on a journey. Uh, We're extremely strategic with this. We want at the end of this year for you to look back and see uh, actual difference being made in your own life. Uh, So we're very strategic. Every single message is going to kind of carry off of the the last message. They're all going to kind of work together, Uh, but our first A series, Whisper, is going with um, basically the very first quarter of the year, we're going to do something called personal renewal, which is all about ourselves, like what God is doing in our lives. And then the second quarter is going to be about relational renewal, which is about the relationships, obviously, that are around you. We're going to have a summer series, and then we're going to go into missional renewal, which is we all want to make a difference in life. We all want to affect our community. How do you do that? How do you find your purpose? Um, So... You know, we're talking about whisper, the hearing the voice of God. Last week, we talked about, uh, you know, that there was this big gap between how often God is wanting to communicate with you and what He's trying to say to you. And then on the other side of that gap is how often we actually hear God or how much we know that He's trying to speak to us. And, and we talked about a bridge in the middle being recognizing God's voice realizing all the different ways that God wants to communicate with you. What we're going to talk about today is about listening to the voice of God, learning to listen to the voice of God. Uh, Every single year, uh, we take the youth down to Crossroads Summer Camp in uh, Anderson, South Carolina. And this will be our sixth year of doing that, which is crazy. But it is so much fun. Uh, But the bus ride, we we pack a, a charter bus and send it down a 10-hour drive, 10 hours with a bunch of teenagers. It is a joy, let me tell you. <laughs> now, seriously, it really it's like one of the best parts of the trip. And so we try to come up with different things to do on this bus ride. And um, one of the things we do is called a riff-off. I don't know if you guys have seen uh, Pitch Perfect or all three of them. Um, I may or may not have. Uh, it's not an endorsement. It's a confession. But I there's this thing called a riff off. And in, if you watch the movie, you'll get chills every time they do it. But there's these different teams and the teams, well, they'll, there'll be a category. And, and once the category comes up, one team has to start singing a song that goes with that category. So let's say it's boy bands. They have to sing like an NSYNC or Backstreet Boy song. And then while that's going on, the other team has to think through what song they're going to sing. And so when that's Team sings it for like, we do it like 10 to 15 seconds. And then the other team goes, the other team goes, the other team goes. So we do this on the bus where we have two teams spread out. And we used to do boys versus girls, but that wasn't very fair because there'd be like one boy that was like, proud enough to actually sing and the rest of them are just like hum, 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 hum. and then all the girls are like super into it uh, but so we, we split up the teams evenly and we'll have a category like Christmas songs and you'll, you'll go back and forth or '90s songs or country songs and it's a lot of fun and once one team can't come up with a song then the other team gets a point and uh, so this last year we, uh, we were doing the riff off and it got to, I think we did commercial jingles. And the one team, man, was just like spouting them out. They knew like all these commercial jingles. And so I, we were getting to the point in our team where we're like, man, I, I, I'm running out. I can't think of many jingles. So the one team was like, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, we're loving it. And then like pointed to us and I, like we couldn't think of something. But I realized they, every time that they would get done with singing their song, they would come back and they'd huddle and be like, all right, we're going to. They'd come up with one, their next song. So I realized they're not even listening to what we're singing. And so every, like, our team was like looking like, I don't know, like, what are we going to sing? And I like, started making something up. It was like, when the sun shines down on the face of an angel. And like something dumb like that. And they didn't even realize it. And then like, we stopped singing. And then they were like, da-da-da, two, three hundred and And we kept making up songs because we... <laughs> because we realized, we realized that they were so focused, they were so distracted that they didn't even realize, what they weren't even listening to what we were singing. What I want to talk about today is how, I'm gonna segue this into something <laughs> spiritual, but um, I, th- I think we get so distracted by what we're doing, so focused on all these surface level details that we don't realize, we don't truly listen To what God is trying to say to us. I want to challenge you today to uh, see the importance in giving up the busyness of life and stepping into accepting the connection that God wants to have with you. I truly believe that like last week where the bridge was recognizing God's voice, I believe that the bridge today is learning to listen to God's voice. Learning to tune out all of the different voices that we have around us, and being able to tune in to what God truly wants to say to us. James 1.19 says this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. I think listening, we have lost the art of listening Everybody wants to talk. Everybody wants to have their voice heard. Everybody just needs noise in their life. But to truly slow down and actually be able to listen. I believe that God wants to speak to you, but we need to learn how to listen. So we're going to jump into this. Um, In order for us to listen to God, we must intentionally pursue three things. Three things. The very first thing is stillness. Stillness. There's a story in Luke 10 that says as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. You know, Jesus is saying, Hey, you are worried and upset over all these details. Just a side note, husbands, this does not work Uh, when your wife is like, hey, I need you to do the dishes. And you're like, oh, my dear Amber, uh, you are so worried about all these details. Uh, That does not work. But what Jesus was saying, though, is, is, Martha, man, you are, you're so, you're so worried about all these details. You're so distracted. You're focused on all these things that that don't matter nearly as much as, as what Mary had realized, is if I can just sit in the stillness of God, be in his presence, then that is the most important thing. I want to ask you, have you been distracted in life? Have you had all these details around you that you are just so focused on and so distracted by that you have missed the main thing, which is the presence of God. Being able to sit in stillness and listen to him. You know, you guys ever play the game whack a mole? You guys ever played that? Sometimes that's what life feels like. You know, something pops up and you got to hit it, and all these things start popping up pop, 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 pop. And you got your job. You got all these emails. You got these text messages. Your kids have got to go to practice. You got dinner that's got to be made. You've got your grades that you've got to keep up. You've got the sports that you've got. You have all these different things. And it just all your life feels like is these things just popping up and you are just trying to survive. You're just doing all these different things and you are distracted. Psalm 37, 7 says, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. What the psalmist is saying is that we need to have time where we are still in the presence of the Lord. There are things that need to be done, you know, there there are obligations that we have. But if we are simply just distracted by these things, we miss the main thing. You know, take time in your life to practice the stillness before God. You know, it's moments that you are maybe at your job and you just say, okay, God, I'm going to sit in this stillness. I'm going, to, I'm going to just sit in your presence for 30 seconds. It is a time where you can have God save to the storms in your life, peace be still. So many times we're just so distracted, just trying to do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and keeping this busyness going. I want to encourage you to have some times in your life every single day where you can just be still, even if it's for 30 seconds at your job or maybe for two minutes at your house. Take time to be still. William Penn said this, in the rush and noise of life, as you have intervals, step home within yourselves and be still. Wait upon God and feel his good presence. This will carry you evenly through your day's business. You know, we, we, we stay so busy, and we don't take time to, to be in the presence of God. Uh, there was a New York Times article called The Busy Trap, and it talked about how busy everybody is. We're always keeping up this busyness. And um, what the author said, which was really interesting, is he said, busyness serves as a kind of existential reassurance, a hedge against emptiness, Obviously, your life cannot possibly be silly or trivial or meaningless if you are so busy, completely booked, in demand every hour of the day. So what this author was saying is that a lot of times we just stay so busy, 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 busy. And the reason being is because our value is wrapped in our busyness. We think, if I'm busy, if I'm constantly doing something, if I'm constantly doing something, then uh, then my life has to be worth something. And we are so scared to slow down our schedule because we have wrapped our value in this busyness. Oh, I'm always going. Everything's always going. I got this, I got this, I got this. And we're not willing to create any sort of margin or say no to anything because our value is wrapped up in this busyness. We think we always have to be busy in order to be valuable, and that is not true. You know, when our value is linked to our busyness, it it keeps us from being able to have the stillness to where we Understand, just like Mary did, that there is one thing that is of utmost importance, and that's the presence of God. We have other things that need to get done, yes, but we have to keep the main thing the main thing and not get distracted. You know, if your life is constantly going at such a high speed, you are going to miss out on what matters most. So the first thing is stillness. The second thing is Sabbath. Sabbath. I don't know if you have heard of this term before. You're like, wasn't that Ozzy Osbourne's band? Uh, that was Black Sabbath, um, something quite different. But the Sabbath in the Bible um, was it one day a week where you disconnect from your work and your busyness. One day a week. And it's actually in the Ten Commandments. Um, you know, it's kind of like the Ringo Star of the Ten Commandments. Like, just people forget about it, um, take it for granted. Um, but... <laughs> The, um, you know, with Ten Commandments, it's funny, there's a lot of them that we like really hold tight. It's like murder. It's like we're doing pretty good with that one. We know like, hey, that we are not supposed to murder. No. But then the Sabbath, it's like, man, I, it's like more of a luxury, we think. Like if I get my work done, then I'll have a day that I can have a Sabbath where I, where I disconnect from my business, disconnect from my work, but only if I get enough work done, only if at the end of the week I feel like i got enough work done. And we think it's work ethic, but it's actually disobedience. God really wants you to take a Sabbath. And it's not because he wants to set up rules for you or hoops to jump through or all these different things. It's because he knows what's best for you. He knows what's best for you. And it is to have a Sabbath, a day every single week, where you say, okay, no matter how much work I got done, I'm going to shut off my phone. I'm going to not check any emails. I'm going to be with those who matter the most to me. I'm going to disconnect so that I can connect to the main thing, to just like Mary did. You know, a Sabbath. Hebrews 4, verses 1 and then 9 and 10, it says this, God's promise of entering his rest still stands so we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it so there is a special rest still waiting for the people of god for all who have entered into god's rest have rested from their labors just as god did after creating the world it's talking about on the seventh day when god rested i had never really seen this passage before it, it, i mean it's so clear it says we ought to tremble with fear that some you might fail to experience it. So this is a big deal. And then it says that there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. I hope that this is encouraging to you because that means that there is a rest that is waiting for you if you are to accept it. The way we accept it is the Sabbath by taking it seriously, by saying, okay, we have one day a week where we as a family are going to disconnect we're, we, we are not going to just be caught up in the busyness of life. We are going to disconnect. Um, you know, like I said earlier, the Sabbath, it's not just, it's, it's not a legalistic day. That's what the Pharisees viewed it as. Like, they created all these rules. Like, hey, you had to work hard in order to not do work on the Sabbath. Like, they had all these rules. You can't walk this distance on the Sabbath. You can't do this. You can't do that. And... Um, Jesus said in, in Mark 2.27, Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. Think about that. Jesus is saying that when God created the Sabbath, created this, this rule, hey, hey, you need to take a day to disconnect. He did not do this. People were not made so that, oh, I've created these rules, and you just need to do whatever I say, and we're going to see if you can pass this test. It, it's saying God saw the needs of man and created the Sabbath because he knew that this is, is so important to the way that we are wired. If you're not consistently taking a Sabbath, that you're extremely um, you know, hard set on saying, I'm not, I'm, I've got to have a day where I disconnect. If you don't do that, your needs are not going to be met because God created the Sabbath so that you could, so that you could um, perform to the best of your ability. Some of you might say, though, man, you don't know my life. I can't afford to take a Sabbath. You know, that's cute. I wish I could take a day, but I simply can't. I've got so much going on. You don't understand my work schedule. You don't understand the pressure that I'm under. And I want to... I want to challenge you that that I don't think that you can afford not to take a Sabbath. I think it's that important. You know, my fear is that when we fail to take a Sabbath, fail to take a day where we disconnect, where we allow ourselves to refresh and where we connect with God and connect with our families, I think that, man, my fear is that if we don't do this, if we're just constantly... Playing whack-a-mole with our lives where it's just constantly just emails and, and busyness and work and, and all of our different uh, responsibilities that we have and we're just constantly doing that every single day, my fear is that our attention spans are going to shorten and the meaningfulness of our work is going to get more and more shallow. When we don't take a Sabbath, what happens is, is you know we... We constantly just keep our brains going nonstop. And if we're at work, you know, we're, we're just constantly focused on, on whatever the, the surface level stuff is. And then we get home, and then we don't even know how to be still. So we're constantly on our phones, constantly have the TV going, constantly have noise going in our lives. And I think if we continue to do this, our attention spans are going to shorten, and the meaningfulness of our work is going to get more and more shallow. You know, do you ever wonder why you have a bunch of aha moments when you're in the shower? Has anybody ever experienced that? It's the weirdest thing. Like, I could be working on a message, and I'm like, man, I have got to have an intro or whatever. And I sit down, and I'm thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. I go home. I can't think of it. I take a shower the next morning. It's like, boom. Like, what the heck? I wasn't even thinking about that. I think that probably happens to most of us. And, um, you know... It, what, what people say is that a lot of aha moments happen in the shower or while driving or waking up in the middle of the night. Isn't that the strangest thing? On my phone, I've got you know, notes on my phone and so many of the notes are just when I woke up in the middle of the night and I had this idea. And I just, I get my phone and I, and I put it in there and uh, it's the strangest thing. One time though, I, I, I was looking through my notes and I found uh, this note um, that was on my notes. Apparently it was an idea I had in the middle of the night you can see there is it was at 4.42 a.m., and I put Oprah giveaway and Ellen dancing. To this day, I have no clue what that was. Apparently, it was an idea good enough to put in my notes, and I thought it was an aha moment. Um, I think it was just the nightmare or something. Like I was just like, Oprah giveaway, Ellen dancing. I don't know. But um, we wake up in the middle of the night, and we'll have these aha moments, things that we weren't even thinking about something. And all of a sudden, something pops into our brain. And it happens when we're driving, when we're taking a shower. And it's the weirdest thing. But there's actually a reason for this. Um, in philosophy or psychology today, there was a, uh, an article talking about these aha moments. And it says that insights tend to involve connections with smaller levels of neurons. So when you have an insight, there's, le- there's fewer neurons that are communicating with each other. And it says, just as it's hard to hear a quiet cell phone at a loud party, it's hard to notice signals that have less energy than the general energy level already present in the brain. Hence, we tend to notice insights when our overall activity level in the brain is low. Isn't that fascinating? So when we have these insights, these these things of creativity, these breakthroughs, what it is is it's less neurons communicating with each other, but what happens is, is something could be happening at this level, but if your noise level is, at this, <clears throat> is this high, you're not able to hear these insights that God may be giving you. And so when you're in the shower or you're driving or you're doing something, usually what happens is, is this noise level drops to where you're not constantly thinking about whatever is, is in front of you, and your brain's able to relax a little bit, and you're able to hear a little bit better the insights that God might have for you. You know, I think that, that the more and more that we are able to take a Sabbath, I believe that it gives us that space to be able to relax our brains a little bit, refresh, but I believe that God gives you new insights. I believe you'll be more creative than you've ever been. I believe that you'll find more purpose in the work that you've done, but you have to be able to give yourself some margin to be able to relax a little bit. God he saw the way he created you and he created the Sabbath to meet those needs. I want to ask you, will you trust God with this? Will you trust God with your Sabbath to say, God, I believe that you know better than I do on this. I may feel like I can get more work done in seven days than in six, but I'm going to trust you with it. I'll give you my hardest work when I'm at work, but when I'm supposed to disconnect God, I'm going to obey you. I I challenge you, do that and see what happens. I firmly believe that God will bless that and He will give you insights and creativity and purpose like you've never had before. Um, So the second thing is Sabbath. The third thing is silence. Mother Teresa said, in the silence of the heart, God speaks. If you face God in prayer and silence, God will speak to you. You know, I have a really hard time embracing silence. Man, there's awkward silence and it kills me. I I have a really hard time embracing uh, silence. You know, if I meet someone for the first time, it's really hard for me to slow things down like, I'll just come in, guns blazing, just talking, 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 talking. Hey, how's it going, man? Where, where are you from? Where, where, do you like your work? I don't know. And just keep going, going, going. And um, Nate and Kat, man, I'm so glad that they stayed at the church, man, because I was, like, obnoxious, I think, the first time I met them. And... I remember just talking, talking, talking. And I told them once, I'm like, man, I feel like I just, every time I meet someone, I'm just constantly talking and that I, you know, I I don't have any, I just, I just, you know, vomit of the mouth, you know? And and they were like, yeah, I remember the first time you met us, like first time at church, you told us like that you you were gonna propose to to Amber and they had a ring and everything. And we were like, we don't even know this guy. Like, what the (laughs) heck? And that's just what I do and it's just, Sometimes it is so hard to embrace silence. But I feel like silence is is really beneficial. Uh, You know, a political term is a filibuster. Filibuster is when a senator, if there's some sort of uh, uh, law or something that he doesn't want people to vote on, uh, a filibuster, uh, he or she will, will stand in front, the senator will stand in front of everybody and just talk and talk and talk and talk. And they'll do everything that they can to keep this from going to a vote. And um, the couple rules of the filibuster are that you have to stay standing the whole time, you can't leave the Senate floor, and you cannot consume anything other than water or milk. The longest filibuster was 24 hours and 18 minutes. Isn't that crazy? Standing the whole time. 24 hours, 18 minutes, and it's just talking, talking, talking. The sad thing, it was Strom Thurmond who, he was actually voting, he didn't want the Civil Rights Act of 1957 to pass. So you have this guy, he was was a supporter of segregation, was willing to stand for 24 hours to try to keep this law from passing. Thankfully, it did pass. Just a side note, if someone's willing to stand for 24 hours for segregation, man, shouldn't we be able to stand so much longer for what's right? Shouldn't we be able to stand up for the love of God, man. I mean, we should be able to do that. But anyways, filibuster. You constantly have to talk. But I feel like in my life, my prayer life has been a just prayers, just filibuster prayers. I'm constantly, like if I'm talking before God, I think I cannot stop talking. So I just say, God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you. so. And, and it's just, you know, however long of just me talking, I feel like I can't stop talking or God will stop listening to me, and that's not true. God desires a a dialogue, but so many times my prayers are a monologue. God desires connection with you, He wants to talk with you. But if you're just talking the whole time, there's no room for Him to talk. God desires a dialogue. the thing is that we run from silence, but I really think that silence is a good thing. You know, something with small group leaders, if you're going to lead a small group, I want to encourage you, embrace the silence. The temptation will be that you come up with this question, and it takes five to ten seconds before somebody answers. And so you just feel like you have to jump in, and you have to talk. Embrace the silence. God uses silence. You know, when I say silence, I don't mean just audible silence. I mean the noise of your life. I feel like the noise of our life can truly keep us from connecting with God. In the book Whisper by Mark Batterson, it says this it says, In a study of elementary age students at a grade school in Manhattan, psychologist Arlene Bronzaft found that children assigned to classrooms on the side of the school facing the elevated train tracks were 11 months behind their counterparts on the quieter side of the building. After New York City Transit installed noise abatement equipment on the tracks, a follow-up study found no difference between the groups. You see, all this constant noise was keeping them so far behind their counterparts. And I feel like in our spiritual lives it can be the same thing. We constantly have noise going on. We always we cannot let our brain sit still. So we, we are scared of silence and, and we turn on the TV or we're on our phones and we're on our computers. Sometimes you have all three going at the same time. You constantly have something going. And you're so scared to, to just have any sort of silence in your life. But, I want to challenge you that if you are constantly having noise going you're going to be so much further than you want to be spiritually silence is is good you know is there constant and chronic noise that is keeping you from connecting with God you know so why why do we hate silence so much why are we so scared of it there's a laboratory in in Minneapolis called the Orfield Laboratory and and, um, they have this room. It's one of the quietest in the world. I think it's number two, the second quietest in the world. But the weird thing is that they don't allow anybody to go in there for less than 20 minutes at a time unattended. And the reason being is because they say people will literally go insane. It is so quiet, it is so silent. The only thing that you can hear is your own heart beating and then this, this sort of noise that they think is, is spontaneous firings of the auditory nerve. It makes you go insane. And the thing is that you are, it's so silent that you can truly hear what's going on inside of your body. And I feel like that's why we spiritually don't want any sort of silence in our lives because when we're quiet, when we're still, when we're silent, what happens is all of a sudden stuff comes up to the surface our fears, our doubts, our insecurities, the things that God wants us to work on. And we are so scared to face those things that we are constantly feeding our brains with more and more things that is just pushing back all the things that we're scared to face. When we are silent, we are telling the enemy, I am not scared anymore of the fear and the doubt the insecurity. Psalm 62 5, check this out. It says, let all that I am, so everything in me, let all that I am wait quietly before God. And then it says this, for my hope is in him saying i'm not scared to be silent anymore i'm not scared to allow these things to come up to the surface not because i have confidence in myself or i think that i'm perfect it's because my hope is in god it's not in me so you no longer have to be scared of silence 21 pilots they have this song called car radio and it's it's this song about you know this guy's car radio breaking to where you're in silence when you're driving and it says i find over the course of our human existence one thing consists of consistency, and it's that we're all battling fear oh dear i don't know if we know why we're here oh my too deep please stop thinking i liked it better when my car had sound i feel like that's what we're like we don't want to face silence because we have all of this fear and these questions and these doubts but silence is so good because when we wait quietly before God our hope can be in him and we can face the things he wants us to face without fear so I just want to encourage you take some time to be silent you know we're gonna sing a song here and, and just like last week it's the same song and all I want you guys to do is just just to sit and to be still And to listen to God. But before that, what we're going to do is we're going to have about a minute where it's just silent. We'll have nothing going on. There'll be no music in the background. And it'll simply just be silence. So I'm going to pray here. And and when I'm done praying, I just want you just to sit in silence. And then the band is going to come in in about a minute. But I want you to embrace the silence. Listen to what God wants to tell you. Don't just sit in silence audibly. Sit in silence with all the noise that's going on in your brain. Tell God, Lord, still the storms in my life. Let me just to be still and to focus on what is most important, your presence. So God, we thank you that our hope can be in you. We no longer have to be scared of silence or stillness or Sabbath because we know that our hope is in you. We don't have to be scared of our insecurities, of our fears, of our doubts, because our hope is in you. God, I pray for us to be still. Pray for us to be silent. Pray for us to take a Sabbath so that we can truly hear from you. That's why we're doing this. Because we want to connect with you. Because we know that you love us. You want to communicate with us. And you want to connect with us. Lord, we love you.